Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 184th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and Audio Technica, but more on those sexy legends later. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8bit. And joining me, my podcast writer, die, my usual partner in crime, you can find her at Miss Allie Hart. We're talking about Miss Allie Hart. How are you doing today? I'm <laughs> doing good. How about yourself? I am doing okay, but um, I've been pretty up and down this week, to be honest. I uh, I had like some kind of eye irritation um, where my right eye was like, the vision was sort of hit and miss and it was real scratchy and like the, the lid of my eye, it felt like almost someone set fire to it. So oh. it was like really sore and painful for a few days there. I had to go get some eye drops and some cream and and like the the um the doctor and even like the chemist they're like oh maybe it's an allergy i'm like why would i have one eye sore why why would both my eyes not be irritated if i'm allergic to something in the air and they're like oh yeah that's that's a good good point so i'm like what's wrong and they're like oh we don't know it's okay now but um for a couple of days this week my eye was fucked maybe was, you touched uh, something maybe it yeah. was like yeah like you touched something and then you touched your eye and then it just had an aggravation that's all I can think. Um, may- maybe it was uh, we we got a new doggo this week, so maybe it's yeah. like foreign doggo hair, um, mm-hmm. sort of interacting with my eye and just causing it to flare up and go all mongo. So uh, yeah. yeah, doing good. Tell everyone about the new family member. Yeah, so uh, we decided last last weekend uh, we started uh, the the new adoption process of a little seven month old Frenchie who needs to get rehomed due to his his current family. Uh, you know going through some changes they need to sort of give him up so um, we picked up a little seven month old french bulldog uh to be the running mate of uh winston our little nearly two-year-old french bulldog his name's currently hugo but we've sort of been going through a bit of a renaming process and i think moose is where we've landed because he's a big boy he's he's a big tank like he's seven months old and he weighs more than winston already he looks and he's just a stocky stocky little man uh but he's settling in he's he's doing his last final sleepover like last night to this morning with his, with his current dad, and then mm-hmm. he comes back to us full time as of this afternoon. So uh, we've just been acclimatizing the two doggos and and getting him comfortable and getting Winston comfortable and all that. You know how it is with pets when you first bring them into a, a new household. So just going yeah. through that that training training process again. Yeah, oh, exciting times and little Winnie getting a a brother. So it's you know he's always been a very uh like loving and affectionate dog hasn't he so yeah yeah he's he's such high energy and um i think that's been a little bit of a shock for old moosey like uh, <laughs> winston is just like play with me bah, let's play like it's almost like winston's the little young puppy and mm-hmm. and moose is is the new or the older dog because yeah. winnie is just like four times as fast as him four times as energetic and uh just wants to play and and sort of cuddle and just live his best sort of frenchy brother life at the moment so it's really nice <laughs> to see him getting along and um hit a uh, little moose acclimatizing to the new house 
Oh, exciting. It's good. I When I saw the pictures, like when you first started sharing them on social media, I was like so excited and I was getting like <laughs> puppy envy. I'm surrounded by gorgeous doggos around here and just like sitting here with no dog of my own. I'm just like, <laughs> I miss puppies. Is, is there a plan in, in the near future to, oh, to bring yeah. a doggo into your life over there? Yeah, we're pretty decided that we're definitely going to get ourselves a pup, but the current living is, you know arrangements say that we can't have a dog. You can have a fucking yeah. cat, but a dog you can't have. Yeah, okay. You may as well yeah. get a lizard. Yeah, oh, can mom. you guys get chameleons over there? I don't know, actually. The fact that you said that, that like it kind of like jumped in my mind. I'm like, yeah, let's get a reptile. Mm. Get a big old snake. That's that's the goal. I'd love to have a pet chameleon. I don't know why, but I just think it would be the best. What's the one? Is it a salamander? The like salamander, yeah, yeah or like the... a Mexican walking fish is yeah. what we can get over here. Axolotls. I've... Yeah, I freaking love those things. Maybe I'll get one of those because they just look weird. They look like aliens. Yeah, yeah, and they can live in and out of water, so you could pick them up here and there sparingly too. But they're uh, they're funny little creatures with their little mm. sort of like little flared out ears that look like crazy bits of hair <laughs> on the side. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what else have you been doing? I see you've been playing a couple of, couple of new games in your rotation yeah. here, which I'm excited to talk about. Yeah, well, one of them's absolutely random. I don't know if this has been established on the podcast, the many years of us doing this podcast, but um, I am chicken shit. I cannot play a scary <laughs> game. I love horror games. I love horror movies. I love all that sort of stuff. But when it comes to actually being behind the controller... I will bail out. I will never do it. But I decided to like, you know, wear my big girl pants. And um, I managed to get a copy, a review copy of uh, Infliction Extended Cut. So we've mentioned Infliction before and Infliction's been out for quite some time. I'd say a few months now. October 2018 was when it first released. So it's been out for a little while. Yeah, so uh, this is an extended cut, so they've actually added more onto the extended story. Um, So I decided, you know what, I'll do it. I will play it. Um, I'll support the Aussies as well. And for the most part going in, I feel like a lot doesn't happen. I mean, they put you in a dark environment, but it's mostly like house crawling. Yeah, it's it's very much dependent on atmospheric scares and tension, isn't it? Like... It's what could be as opposed to what is. Yeah. It felt like a lot when I was playing this game. Yeah. And unfortunately, I did have a bug happen with my audio. So there was actually a moment where I either said, I stopped playing this or I'll just turn the volume down. So unfortunately, a horror game without audio just doesn't work. Um, you miss the audio cues and all the other things that are meant to add to the atmosphere. So I kind of had to put that one on the back burner. I believe they are bringing a, um, like a, update like to fix a few bugs so hopefully that's amongst them so once that comes through um i'll definitely get back into it but i do like these horror games like there's a lot of nods to uh, well after pt we definitely started seeing a lot of those kind of style games of wandering through like just very like houses and you know it being possessed by a being of some variety usually a woman gotta point that out Mm. um (laughs) But um, I like I like it. It is a bit overused though in the horror genre. Like I said, I don't play the games, but I enjoy like watching them. Thank you to all the YouTube people out there that play the games on my behalf. But that overall, this you know scary house kind of aesthetic, I really enjoy. I just think this, you know, got to be some new ways to go about it. Yeah, like it's it is a tough trope. Like it has been beaten to death in just about every medium. Like it's you you see. 
the haunting of hill house or whatever it was mm-hmm. on netflix which was a hit you see all the horror films you know you go back to the shining and stuff like that like it's it's a constant that's been used in that in that horror space since mm. we were kids and well beyond our, our lifetimes as well like it's it's a familiar trope but yeah it's hard mm. to to sort of bring something new to the table yeah uh, infliction it's great like graphically it's, it's pretty impressive like the environments mm. themselves are really really well done and and Caustic Reality, the developer and publisher behind it, they're only a small team, so they've yeah. done they've really done really well. well. With it. Yeah, um, and I also want to give them a nod because there's a little like there's actually little elements of attention to detail. Like I didn't know, but like a lot of games don't really reward you for being too inquisitive. But it seems with this game, the more that you interact with things, the more it actually has an effect on the outcome of what you know and what you can interact with in the future. So um, having that added element is appreciated as a person like myself who absolutely loves checking this and that and this and this and that out i also love um the products that they have in the game they have like a few like obviously you know knockoffs of certain other products and they're actually good for a bit of a giggle especially considering the considering the environment so um, i definitely recommend people look into it Mm -hmm. if you are into the horror genre i think um give it a go and have a look at it um uh, this one I was playing on Xbox. I think that's more enjoyable. I I don't think I could play uh, with mouse and keyboard. Yeah, I I played it with mouse and keyboard when it first came out, and yeah, I'm controller is my my sort of comfort food. So I I reckon I would have taken a lot more out of it playing it on console as opposed to the old keyboard mouse. But mm. it's twenty five bucks on Steam. I don't know how much it's going for on console. I'm assuming it's it's the same or thereabouts. Um, yeah, but it's 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 good to see some Aussie studios having some success and and bringing out a, a solid horror game that had some good good jumps like atmosphere very dread inducing, mm-hmm. very dreary. All these all these haunted house scenarios where you know the lights are low and they're flicking and bulbs break and you hear little mm-hmm. scratches and footsteps off off screen and whatever else like it's it gets the heart heart sort of racing and and that tension level sort of elevated constantly from from the jump of the game and Mm. and i love that like i hate it at the same time but i love trying to push through that and finish those types of games or get to the next checkpoint the more you hate it is assuming that it's like the the more it's freaking you out so therefore they're doing a great job Mm. um i also want to say darkness is darkness in this game there's a lot of horror games where darkness is like slightly dim littered but no darkness is darkness in this game so that's another good element to it. So check Hell it out, yeah. all the horror fr- horror fans out there. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What else have you been playing? Another one I see, uh, another one of my favorites from last year, finally. Yeah. So I jumped into this one as soon as it came out, uh, The Outer Worlds on PC. Um, and I probably dipped like a solid, like probably 15, 20 minutes into it. And I really did enjoy it, but I think something else must have taken my attention at that time. So I never went back. Um, and since I've, been using the xbox quite a lot and using game pass i decided to jump back in sadly my save was not there i didn't know if it was going to be able to cross between pc and um the xbox so there was no save file so i'm not too sure what happened there Mm. um but it's fine it's probably for the best because i had to go through everything again and it was probably good to learn all the controls and whatnot and i actually got way further i've actually been pretty addicted into like continuing on this game 
still a gorgeous looking game handles well uh control systems great i um love the characters the characters are in it great the designs are great um i feel like a lot of people uh mentioned fallout new vegas vibes hell yeah um a little bit of bio a bioshock but the the thing is is in this game i like i don't like it when you have to make a decision that could affect the outcome and there's a few in this game. There there's is a few, few. and there's, there's a couple of pretty big ones early on when you're, when you're sort of landing and, and become, like you are the stranger and, and you, you almost become this, you take Hawthorne's character almost in essence. Mm-hmm. Kind of spoil it. Nothing really gives away the story that happens right off the jump. But um, yeah, there's some pretty heavy changes the second you land um, in Halcyon there and and it can alter this whole planet's perspective almost instantly depending on what you're doing or at least this township or this region and, it, and it's heavy like i know exactly what you're talking about and it's yeah. a weight on my mind what to do exactly and i definitely think i made a wrong decision <laughs> um i'm go- like i'm gonna put like a, a maybe spoiler warning here um but there is a decision where you have to decide between helping a settlement or helping the corporation walled area where people are living a miserable life, but they're, you know, they're workers there. They work for the corporation. So you have to decide between the two. And I decided against them. Yeah. Okay. So, so you helped the, the settlement that was sort of yeah. the naturalist hippie settlement, you could almost say that was a little bit out of town instead yeah. of going with, with Edgewater and, and like the dog food cannery or whatever it was that they yeah, had going on there. or whatever it is. Yeah. So um, I did that and I'm like, uh, he'll just be a prick to me and he'll be like, screw you, blah, blah, blah. No, he told me yeah. that everyone's going to lose their jobs. He's going to be sent away and go to jail. Everyone's going to get sick and die and like lose their homes and everything. And then what was worse, I went back to the settlement to talk to the woman who like kind of runs the place and gave gave me a great first impression. And she's like, she, she's like, oh, why did you do that for? You don't even know us. And I'm yeah. like, I was like, Oh, because it seemed good here. Like, you know, you had a better way of living. She goes, huh, okay then. And then I was under the impression, I'm like, well, it doesn't matter what happens to those people. They'll take them in. She's like, I went, no, we're not taking in everyone. Like, yeah, yeah, they'll take a few in. Bitch. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool that there is that real human element to it. It's not like you've done the right thing. Huzzah, everyone's happy. It's like you, mm. you've done probably the morally right thing to a degree but there's this real world repercussion where yeah logistically they can't then support hundreds of people coming into their little settlement like people are going to die no matter which way you go and yeah. uh it's it's very raw because i remember that too and um oh the medicine as well that was another one that i struggled with <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so um but i still love playing it the story's still great it's really captivated me um i'm usually anti-companion um when it comes to these kind of games i absolutely adore my first companion i've kind of forgotten how to say her name is that pavati pavati yeah Yeah, she's a little sweetheart a little engineer is adorable as fuck so i'm keeping her around as long as i can so um yeah like if you haven't yet like i said game pass it's on there it's it's just good gaming and it's like we said it was one of those little hidden gems that kind of came out of nowhere that everyone adored of last year so um if you're looking for something to like delve your time in i don't believe the game goes for too long uh i've i put in probably 
probably 30 hours total, I think, yeah. when it's all said and done. Because there's a lot of side quests. And, and then, as you said, with the companions, they've got sp- um, specific companion quests to do to, to get their levels up yeah. with you. Uh, and, and there's, I think there's a total, I think it's seven, seven or eight companions you, you get at the end, like when the game's all over. And you can have two with you at any one time. And obviously, they're going to buff you in certain ways depending on their their subclass. So, they're great to have. And some of the yeah. banter you get back and forth between your character and theirs or the other the other companions is, is really cool. The, the dialogue and the writing just in itself from Obsidian is, is great. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like having like a AAA game but condensed enough for you to have that sense of enjoyment and completion. So yeah. if you're in between games like I am, between Animal Crossing coming soon, um, yeah, just throw it in. Game Pass. Mm. Great it's story. Cool. And, it, and it's pretty much the last game we're going to see from Obsidian across multiple mm. platforms. Like now they're a, they're a Microsoft house. So, uh, yeah, this is the last one you'll be able to play on the Switch or PlayStation 4, PC and Xbox. Uh, but really well done. And um, anyone that is looking to get into it, I'd thoroughly... I highly recommend putting as as much um, skill points into like some of the dialogue options where you can intimidate and sort of uh, bribe your way through because they will open up a lot a lot of uh, storylines and opportunities and just avoid a lot of heavy lifting on some quests. So uh, yeah, keep keep actively adding to those skill trees when you can because it'll help in the long run and cut down a lot of shit. Oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> just just as a just I'll take that FYI. advice. <laughs> yeah, I'll yep. take the note. I'll yes. be going all into medic and engineering. Anywho, what have you been up to? Been playing more Apex. Surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah? uh, <laughs> that that bug is still biting me. Uh, maybe that's the bug that bit me in the eye. I don't know. But um, yeah, playing a bit more of that. Got a couple more wins this past week. Feeling a little bit better. Uh, been jumping around characters again. I can't seem to settle on no. a specific character. Like I've been playing Bangalore this week, and she's been Bangalore's feeling really good. good. Yeah. Uh, I I like. Obviously, her her sort of passive where if you're getting shot at, you get your double time ability where you got your your faster evade, your smoke grenade, and then your your ordnance strike. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like that with her. So I've been playing her a little bit and in, enjoyed that and feeling a little bit more comfortable because uh, I'm a little bit off wraith and lifeline at the moment. But uh, I've been dabbling there. Uh, but I have been playing a huge amount of new stuff. Outside of that, I've been playing a a mobile game that I, that I got initially on early access very bizarre and i don't even know how i discovered it uh maybe it hop, popped on like a, a press email and it was oh, like yeah. yo register interest for this so I've, I've been playing a game called bird b and b so uh <laughs> okay. it, it's it's pretty well in the title itself so you, you're you're like a bird or a, a bird tycoon and you've got this big oak tree and you are you're opening up a and b where various birds of all work walks of life come stay there and you've got to cater to their need to get the good reviews, to get the cash, to then upgrade your your B and B, you know, complex to get better rooms in, better baths, better food facilities, and then you get like VIP birds coming. It's it's ridiculous, and it sounds very dumb now. I'm thinking about it when I'm saying it out loud, but it's a good little distraction. Uh, mm-hmm. Really simple. It's by a studio called Runaway. Uh, I don't know if it's on uh, Apple. I know it's on Android at the moment, at the very least. Uh, and, and they've done a few other mobile games heavily in that animal, like natural world is sort of what they, they focus on. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's nice and simple, good little distraction. 
it's kind of cute seeing these quirky little birds coming in with their little personalities and and you know feeding them and putting them to bed and getting their reviews and and making sure your little your airbnb house complex is is nice and tidy you got to clean it and do your maintenance and whatever else look i can't make fun at all because this sounds like my kind of jam so i can't i can't laugh i can't make fun i can commend you on your diversity when it comes to what games you'll play because this doesn't yeah. seem like a you kind of game i've got to no. say this is definitely no. down my street so um i mean and it's captivated you long enough yeah yeah i've probably put collectively probably five hours into this game i reckon mm. maybe a little bit more over the last sort of few weeks and and because it's you don't you don't have to be on it every day for things to to continue like your game won't be ruined if you you take a break so it's good just to jump in jump out if you've if you're looking for a little distraction or something that's just mindless and a little bit cute and a bit quirky uh yeah. it's it's been fun it's free to play like there's it's not a it's not behind a paywall there is some obviously micro transactional elements in this game to to get some aesthetics and things like that as, hang on, as they hang always on, hang are on, hang on hang on have you used them no, haven't, haven't, haven't paid a penny. So, uh, yes, I'm growing up. I'm growing up. I think I wasted all my pocket money on WWE Supercard over the years. So I'm oh, yeah. trying to little be a bit more clever with where I uh, put my real funds. But Bird B&B <laughs> by Runaway, cute, fun, quirky little game. Really enjoying it. Uh, and you can obviously, the, the tiers of birds that come in get higher and more unique as you go on so you start with almost like little robins and sparrows then you get owls and all these other quirky you know like parrots and sort of exotic birds and stuff like that and and they all have different different tastes and wants so you got to try and make sure you're juggling everything to keep more happy to, to get those sweet five-star reviews for your b&b totally like I'm it's, have it's to pretty look great into it now. <laughs> yeah because are you going are you on an iphone or are you on an android i'm an apple girl okay Okay, so you have to have to see if it's on there because I don't know if it is. So uh, worst case, you might just need to go buy an Android device from somewhere and play just, it on there. Yeah, to play this game. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it's good, it. dumb fun. And uh, outside of that, uh, we binged uh, a show that's arrived on Netflix this past week called "I'm mm-hmm. Not Okay with This." I, I'm oh. sure you might have heard of or seen it. It's oh, it's only been no. out for a couple of days now. Uh, at time of recording, which is uh yeah twenty ninth of Feb in the AU here, but it's it's done by some of the the writers and producers behind Stranger Things, as well as the End of the Fucking World. So if you've watched either Ooh. of those, you get a pretty pretty quick idea of of the the heart of this show and and how it's going to be written and whatnot. It's you know teen angst. So I'll just just read the <laughs> synopsis straight from from Netflix. Mm-hmm. angsty sid navigates high school awkwardness family drama and an unrequited crush on her best friend while trying to rein in her budding superpowers so uh that gives you the show in a nutshell and obviously you can immediately think oh it's like 11 from stranger things nothing like that at all but it's you know it's it's yeah a, a lot of people would be able to relate like navigating your way through high school you see like the clickiness the bullying the awkwardness all that stuff but then she's also Ooh. got this superpower developing in her inside of herself she doesn't know how to control doesn't know what's happening so you couple that in with just the the usual high school drama it's pretty well written it's only seven episodes and they're 20 minutes each so it's really little like real little bangers okay and it's based off a graphic novel so um oh okay yeah and And this is a netflix original netflix original yeah so they're doing their work aren't they at netflix yeah and sophia lillis stars as sid uh she was most recently in it she played Beverly in It 
Oh, yeah. uh, chapter one and chapter two, the young girl mm-hmm. in that. So that's who stars in this. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 good, easy watching. Twenty minute episodes, seven of them. So it's not a huge investment. Like you can smack mm-hmm. it out in a day quite easily. And it was just just good fun. Uh, a couple of good laughs, some good dramatic moments, some cool sort of superhero, super powery bits in it here and there as well. But it doesn't overdo it, and it's certainly table setting for season two. Oh, uh, it, it okay. really winds up at the end of the first season and. and like you're like yeah i'm keen for more and then obviously yeah season over so but it's good there's a consumable it's like it's got a consumable amount which for me which you know my attention span like you said so you said 20 minutes per episode 70 episodes 77 episodes yeah 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 so so you'd be finishing under three hours like total view time under three hours and you finish the whole season so it's not a huge investment but check it out i'd recommend that and the other one i've been watching uh we're eight episodes in now on the outsider Mm. which is the latest adaptation of stephen king's works uh obviously he's yet again one of the flavors of hollywood so they're trying to to adapt everything that he's written in the past (laughs) several years and the outsider is one of his more recent novels Mm. Uh, really really well done it stars ben mendelson the, the aussie uh, who has played a lot of villains lately. Like he was the main antagonist in Ready Player One. He was the main antagonist in Rogue One. And then obviously he has, he's had a pretty successful career uh, locally here in Australia as well as now abroad. And it's even, mm. it's got um Jason Bateman in it as well, who I yeah. love. I'm a big Jason okay. Bateman fan. That was the click. Because I, I have been seeing um like ads for this while watching, um I think it might be Curb Your Enthusiasm since there's a HBO connection there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what threw me off is seeing him in this like kind of dark kind of like he's yeah. obviously playing a character with a very dark secret. So um, yeah, that that really threw me off. You can't have separated de- arrested development from him. Yeah. So so avoiding all spoilers, like for for something to compare it to, uh, season one of True Detective. For anyone oh. that's watched True Detective, it's got that yeah. real vibe. Like it's it's gritty. Cool. It dives into a bit of the supernatural, uh, some pretty serious tones, great acting, great writing. The soundtrack uh, itself is really great, really dread-inducing, like real heavy, like, like you know, those sort of real mm-hmm. deepy, deep tones and, and sort of sounds that sort of just naturally get you, get your skin crawling. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sort of a, a slower-paced show. Uh, as I said, uh-huh. eight episodes so far. It's a 10-episode seasonal arc that we're on at the moment. So there's two episodes to go, but... Really worth an investment if you're looking for something with a bit of a slow burn that's that's sort of thriller, bit of horror, bit of suspense attached to it, really good writing, uh, great cast, and uh, it's some of the best reimagining of King's work that we've seen in a while. We've seen a lot of adaptations of his stuff that's just absolute turds. But uh, this is great. And on the back of, you know, It Chapter 1 and 2, Doctor Sleep, there is a bit of a King renaissance going on at the moment. There so, definitely uh, is. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Really recommending uh, this show to anyone that, as I said, looking for that gritty police thriller, supernatural sort of style. This is worth a watch, and um, really, really keen to see how it ends up. I've I've read the book, mm-hmm. and it's it's true to the source material for the most part from what I've seen. So I've got a okay. rough idea of what might be happening. But uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's one of King's weaker books as far as how it wraps up but I think they're going to try and improve on that just the way the show is going at the moment. But yeah, check it out, The Outsider. Actually, while we're still on that kind of vibe, did you see the trailer for Candyman? I haven't watched it yet, no. It is wild. Yeah? 
Yeah, like um, I remember watching the first, like the original Candyman movie, and um, I didn't find it too scary. I must have been just a really fucked up kid. Um, it's too tough. Yeah, but uh, seeing this trailer, and um, I mean Jordan Peele is the producer on it, so um, you know, sounds promising. Um, it looks like they've kind of gone some different angles on it too. Um, and I also want to give a nod for them using the mo- the most unique way of using Destiny's Say My Name ever. Okay. So, um, yeah, if people who are, once again, fans of horror, go, go check out the Candyman trailer. It looks really good from just the things I've heard leading up to it. And Jordan Peele, he's got a knack for horror. So I've got a immediate <laughs> bit of trust that it's going to be good. Isn't it wild that people that come from comedy backgrounds just seem to be able to handle horror? Like they just know what they're doing. So yeah, it's wild. Yeah. So that looks good. And like his his studio is Monkey Paw. I think his studio is. Mm. They're 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 attached to a lot of cool stuff lately. They are doing really good work. So I'm keen for that. We're actually going to go watch The Invisible Man this weekend as well on that horror horror discussion. And the reviews on yeah. that so far are that it is brilliant. Like uh, reimagining of the the same old Invisible Man story that you've seen done millions of times to death. Kevin but Bacon's gone, one. Oh, yeah. It wasn't too bad. It, it wasn't, wasn't too, too bad, bad, but I know there was parts of it I should have been watching when I was younger. So Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like I'm glad to hear that it's, you know, it's doing well. Like the Because um, I think the guy from, and we're going to bring it up again, um, The Haunting on Hill House, I think. Yeah, he's in it. Kids, he's the brother. He's in it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Look at everything coming full circle on today's episode. Yeah, so I'm keen to watch that. And, and before we uh, park the, the film discussion for another week, uh, <laughs> there's another movie coming out soon called Antlers, which I'm all about. Um, oh. And it's it's produced by Guillermo del Toro, and it's oh, it's based right. off a short story. Done. But ch- check out the trailer while you're on the hunt for horror trailers. After check out the Candyman trailer, look up Antlers uh, for the trailer. It looks eerie as fucking shit. It looks so great, so I'm keen to check that out. Yeah, I'll have to look into that one. Hell yeah, hell yeah. While you're looking into that, a quick bit of housekeeping. So the debut episode of Han Rolled First, or Han Rolled First, or whatever you want to interpret Han Solo's name as today, uh, which is our live-action Star Wars role-playing podcast, DM'd by Nato J himself. The debut episode releases this week on March the 5th on all podcast hosting platforms. So be sure to keep your eyes and ears out for that one for episode one of Hanrol first. Uh, and then episode two will follow two weeks after that. It is a limited run show. We're probably only going to have maybe six to eight episodes of that one, but get excited because then that universe will expand with other offshoots and other, other players uh, all getting DM'd by our man, NATO J. Once you're done checking that out, obviously 8bitnation.net shop, 8bit.net or obviously 8bit.net in general they are your hubs they are your central locations for all things 8bit are going to give you direct access to our patreon to our discord to our facebook to our web stores all that good stuff so 8bitnation.net or shop 8bit.net or if you just want to go the the general old school 8bit.net is the ways to go when you're done checking that out obviously youtube.com forward slash we are 8bit for our video content and uh audio technica .com or audiotechnica.com.au for the best in audio based equipment that uh, helps us make all that content we just talk of. We're talking headphones, microphones, gaming headsets, turntables, in-ear headphones. We've got Bluetooth headphones. We've got noise cancelling. You name it. It is all there. It's the best gear in audio for podcasting, for content creators, for general streetwear, for general use, audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au. 
And last but certainly not least, uh, on the back of patreon.com forward slash we are 8-bit, the 8-bit family portrait is still getting done as we speak. As mentioned last week, it is a Marvel vs. DC theme. If you want in on this comic book related awesomeness, it's going to set you back $10 a month via our Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash we are 8-bit to get immortalized in the 2020 family portrait. It is first come first served with characters. So get in quick to make sure your character does not get swooped and taken before you get a chance to claim him, her, or that. And uh, yeah, that's the housekeeping. Let's get into some news. This week's news headlines. All right, first bit of news. One that I'm excited for, and I'm hoping you're excited for too, Miss Hart. Hell yeah. We're talking Predator Hunting Grounds. It's going to have a trial weekend next month, so you can give it a go yourself. It starts on March 27th at 4 p.m. in the United Kingdom, 5 p.m. in Europe, while North American players can join in at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, For us in Australia, we will be probably a day ahead, so it's probably going to kick on around maybe March 27th at midnight slash uh, March 28th at 12.01 a.m. And you'll be able to play the game all the way through that weekend. The trial will be available to those with PlayStation Plus on PlayStation 4, as well as PC players. And you'll be able to play together with cross-play support. So PC and PlayStation 4 fans unite, get amongst it. You can choose to play solo as the Predator, or you can team up against the Alien Menace as a human fire team with up to three other players. Awesome source. These are the same guys that did uh, Friday the 13th, right? Yes, yes. Yes. So, like, I mean, that game, unfortunately, it had a lot of rocky kind of, like, release issues. I know that there was, like, some, like, I don't know if it's copyright or licensing issues. And then, like, I think there was a few things wrong with the server. But for the most part, I've witnessed a lot of great gameplay of um, people enjoying Friday the 13th. So... Based on that, coming off that, I really hope Predator and Hunting Grounds turns out to be the best. Yeah, it looks fun. Like I'm, I'm a Predator tragic from way back. Predator One is is one of my favorite movies of all time. Two, all right, uh, Predators that uh, was was done more recently by Robert Rodriguez. I fucking loved. Uh, I know we, we've got very divisive opinions on <laughs> Alien versus Predator. You really dig best it. Me, not so much. <laughs> Yeah. when anyone says i'm taking that one to my grave i fucking love that movie yeah i like the sequel because it was more hyper violent and what have I you and less, less cliche which is funny you hate the sequel i love it and i don't really like the first and you love it but anyway <sighs> anyway maybe i'm just jealous that i never got offered any any armor made by fallen alien flesh uh by a predator it's and, you know, a they coming of age story <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad but it's it's kind of cool in a way too uh, but yeah, Predator Hunting Grounds, it, I love the concept, but I just fear for the longevity of this game. Like all I think of with this game is like Evolve by Turtle oh, Rock yeah. Studios, where you're playing with, with a, a human fire team trying to take down a monster. Mm-hmm. This is in, a, in essence the same type of gameplay loop. Uh, being the Predator will be great, but how like thin will that run? Like how quickly mm-hmm. will you sort of tire of it? But it's kind of going to be cool like, when it first comes out, everyone's going to be on it. Everyone wants to be the predator and have his thermal vision and all these de- all these devices. Or you want to try and you know be the be the squad to take down the uh, the the ultimate hunting machines. So uh, I'm keen to get amongst it at the tail end of March. Um, mm-hmm. 
Still crazy that it is a PlayStation uh, exclusive, obviously with PC as well. So, so no Xbox. So uh, uh, <laughs> Sony, that, Sony Xbox. were very clever with uh, picking up the the sort of licensing on that. So mm. uh, Predator Hunting Grounds, yeah, free trial, which is good. All you got to do is have PlayStation Plus, which is handy because most PlayStation users should already have that. That's not yeah, tied to pre-ordering the game, which is good. So you're not sort of alienating the player base and uh yeah I'm, I'm excited to give it a go at the end of next month and uh yeah see if i can you know if it bleeds we can kill it type of uh cliche so we're gonna <laughs> gonna take that predator down in the jungles and some humans because there's weird elements where you obviously got to do like military based things at the same time where you're rescuing hostages or getting intel from from bad guys out in the jungle and then the predator rolls into town so uh yeah you've got a lot of lot of sort of variety of what you're going to be tackling it's wild. <laughs> it is. It is. And we're going to get another Predator movie. You know. You know. Maybe we're going to get a, a soft reboot or we're going to get a, a, an Aliens versus Predator um, spin-off again. Uh, but it's it's coming. They're, they're money earners. And um, yeah, we're going to see these movies till the day we die. I mean, we saw what happened with the Alien franchise. Like, that kind of went down the path um it makes me so sad so sad yeah. because they they before the acquisition uh w- with disney um neil blomkamp was was pretty well signed on the line to do an, an alien four so to speak which would which would sort of take place after aliens and make alien three canon and all this other stuff uh and some what of about the, alien resurrection yeah yeah i didn't mind that i preferred I that to that. three <laughs> Alien 3 was was filth. Um, yeah, I didn't like 3. And it was marred in rewrites and, and issues and things like that. But mm. yeah, Blomkamp doing one would have been fantastic because I love his his science fiction uh, mindset and, and what he does. So Especially what could have been? Yeah. Hicks and Newt cool. back again, which would have been cool. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw the chatter, like on, on the Predator and Aliens train, the chatter with uh, Cliffy B talking about a Predator, an Aliens game that they were in talks of, of putting together before the, the Disney acquisition and another studio were in talks with doing one uh, and it was going to be called Hadley's Hope, which was where Aliens, the second movie, was set and it was going to be almost like Left for Dead but with Aliens, it's sort of oh. like a, a four-player squad-based thing where you've got to you know, fight your way through. But yeah, they've all both been... Like they've been canned and uh, scrapped with the with the Disney Disney buyout. So uh, yeah, what could have been? Yeah, I mean, like there's been a few good games that's come out of the franchise. I mean, um, what's the Alien one? Alien Isolation. That's, that's the best it. one. Yeah, like I mean, that was quality. So I mean, it can be done. So you know, hopefully Predator Hunting Grounds, like you know, takes care of the Predator side, and then somewhere down the middle, maybe we can have our Alien Predator game. Yeah, they did, if they could just make Alien Isolation spin-offs between now and the end of time, I'd be happy with that because that game was terrifying and it was mm. so well done and so respectful to the source material. Yeah. Just that tracker noise, just <laughs> tension levels through the roof when, you, when you got that thing out. So <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, it's getting, getting me feeling a bit heebie-jeebied right now. But uh, the next little bit of news, Supermassive Games have revealed more information on Little Hope which is the next installment in the Dark Pictures anthology. And it's going to be releasing at the end of 2020. So uh, it's saying summer 2020. So for a few listeners outside of the uh, the Southern Hemisphere, uh, that's uh, winter. Oh, no, summer 2020 is our winter. Sorry. So um, yeah. it's going to be middle of the year slash Q3, which is kind of cool. And uh, they've released a little, uh, little sort of synopses of Little Hope. 
and it reads, Trapped and isolated in the abandoned town of Little Hope, four college students and their professor must escape the nightmarish visions that relentlessly pursue them through an impenetrable fog. Supermassive Games CEO Pete Samuel said in an update, As they journey through the town looking for a means of escape, they must understand the meaning of these events, the root of evil, and how it is directly connected to them. End quote. Mm. So uh, this game is leaning more towards Until Dawn as opposed Good. to Man of Medan. Um, Until Dawn, still one of my favorite games of all time. Man of Medan, all right, missed the boat on a couple of things, but if they sort of <laughs> double down on that Until Dawn route as opposed to, to Man of Medan, I'm keen. I'm, I'm, I'm all for this. Uh, I'm excited. I love what Supermassive Games do. I love that butterfly effect that these games have. I, and I love the recent inclusion of the the multiplayer aspects where we can all control specific characters, whether it be local mm. couch co-op or playing online with with family and friends. Um, I'm I'm keen as a bean for this this next entry into uh, the Dark Pictures anthology. Yeah, like I've seen that short trailer of um the this one um was it called Little Hope? Little Hope, yeah. Not a Little Hope. Okay, Little Hope. Um. Seeing the trailer, and I like where the the timepiece where it seems to be set. Um, there's like a small segment of like a like a girl from like pil- pilgrimage times, mm-hmm. and like sewn up dolls and everything. Um, I'm glad that they're going to kind of go back to how Until Dawn was kind of how that was made and how that was played out. It was definitely a more enjoyable experience. Um, Man of Medan, like I feel like with that one, um, it was less scary. Uh, and the story wasn't that captivating. I didn't really care or I really didn't follow what was happening. Yeah. And I believe that there was like way too many opportunities just to miss like either key elements in story or just like general scares. Cause there's still things like there was in that trailer announcement, there was things that I saw from men of the dead that I'd never witnessed before. I'm like, I didn't see that in the game. Like, so yeah, Until Dawn did it right. So hopefully by going back, like this one, like a little hope will be even more scary. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. And it's good that they're they're sort of on this path. Like uh, they're sort of almost on rails with, with these games as far as the, the, the rough gameplay loop, but then just changing the style. Like, yeah, Until Dawn, that more 80s, 80s slasher vibe. Man of Medan sort of went down that ghost ship route um you know yeah. that doesn't really give any spoilers away and this looks like they're doubling doubling down back in that sort of 80s vibe again um and, and i'm keen uh, the impenetrable fog made me think of obviously the movie the fog or the book the fog but also look at the trailer it had a bit of a alan wake vibe to it as far as the oh, location yeah. and the atmosphere which is another underrated as hell mm. uh, horror game so uh yeah i'm keen bit- to see more info on this and, and see how like- it goes yeah, like Silent Hill, but also like what was that movie that M- uh, Shyamalan did, The Village? The Village, where it's yeah. Like it's kind of like a timepiece in in the woods kind of thing, and um, yeah, I like. I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Me too. Me too. I'm. Uh, I've. I've got faith. I've got faith, and I love me some super massive games. So keep keep doing what you're doing, <laughs> and um, I'm curious to see how many games are going to be in this series. Like they could just hypothetically be making these for the next 10, 20 years, or maybe not 20 years, but like this Dark Pictures anthology could go for a while. It's not like interchangeable stories, is it? Like they're not nah. nodding each other. Yeah. So it's just kind of like. standalone. Yeah. Oh, well, that's fine. Then they can go on for freaking forever if they, yeah. you know, just keep playing the cards, right? 
no no doubt there'll be some breadcrumbs between these releases and included in these releases where they probably have nods to characters or a reference to an event but oh that's fine from my understanding they're all capsule based games with with a singular experience so uh yeah. yeah all right the next bit of news miss hart if i was going to ask you who would be named the 2020 pokemon of the year who would you vote for uh, that's a difficult one because I have this like borderline between Psyduck and Snorlax, mm-hmm. uh, just because of like strict pure confusion and just associating with that. I'll go with my Psyduck, but I mean Snorlax is like right close. So yeah, well, sadly you wouldn't even get a, a look at the top five uh, because no. um, they've apparently tallied in quotes millions of votes around the world, and Ooh. Greninja has been named 2020's Pokemon of the Year. He's obviously the final evolution of Pokemon X and Y water type starter, Froakie. Uh, Greninja earned over 140,000 votes, topping second place finisher Luchar- Lucario by 38,000 votes. Uh, and according to the Pokemon Compi- Company, Mimikyu, Charizard, and Umbreon rounded out the top five. So uh, one out of the top five uh, were from Gen 1 and the rest of them were through the various other iterations of Pokemon. But yeah, Greninja coming in at the top spot, it's which is peculiar. a surprise. Yeah. Like, I think as a character, from what I remember, like he's he's a pretty decent like Pokemon character. Um, I, I don't know about current Gen, but I know in the previous generations, he was actually quite powerful. But I want to know exactly where... Um, like people's opinion pieces came from whether it was just general enjoyment or whether they think that they're the most powerful character or whether they're the most effective um lucario is no surprise because he has the pokemon and he also has the smash brothers um link yeah yep. yeah he's got um, a bit of bleed yeah um mimikyu i never know if i'm ever saying that right people just have like a fondness for that character um i just, have it's no like idea d- disheveled ghost pikachu that's what it reminds yeah, me of when i look at it <laughs> i think it's based off a demon or something like that where yeah. the thing's so ugly it paralyzes people so you know it has the pikachu <laughs> rag thing over itself um charizard i'm fucking glad at least one og made it in there it's is it weird that it's charizard i like i think the main thing is is that pikachu isn't here he he pikachu uh came in at 19 uh and as far as gen 1 bulbasaur came in at 13 eevee at 20 so it's Hang good on, to pikachu, see it's pikachu good to see people aren't up on pikachu's crotch uh pikachu 19 was, 19 out of eevee? the top 30 eevee was 20 and bulbasaur was, was 13 and pikachu was 19 <laughs> and what was eevee god damn it i see what you're saying here <laughs> it took me a second to connect the dots i'm like come on sure you've heard me by now yes pikachu beat out uh, eevee by 1 um, I would not have voted that way. That's for damn sure. No, it's very close. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, looking at this list, especially with at least with the top ten, it's. I mean, I have no attachment to it because a lot. Like, I'm only OG Pokemon. Any of the new stuff that kind of comes out, unless it's like weird, quirky, or I feel like I associate with it, I don't know what the character is. And there's a good majority in there that I just do not recognize anymore. So, I mean. Hooray for Charizard. But um yeah, it's it's a weird collection. It's a very weird collection. I'm sure it makes sense to all the super crazy awesome Pokemon fans out there. I'd mm-hmm. like to hear maybe some opinions of why you think um at least that was the top five. 
Um, but for me personally, it's a bit kind of foreign. Yeah, I did some quick digging just to see if there was any criteria that these votes were based oh. upon, and, and it, I can't seem to find anything. And uh, okay. I, I just love that the Pokemon company said they tallied millions of votes. Uh, didn't really millions. give a number or, or how or methodology, but yeah, apparently millions of votes were tallied. And uh, yeah, Greninja, top dog uh, at 140,000 votes. So, which is interesting because if it's millions of votes, that could be you know, sub 10% of the total vote. So you can see there was a lot of lot of spread of those votes with all the Pokemons. But yeah, Pikachu True. at 19, Eevee at 20 for those that uh, didn't pick up on that. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, Eevee was robbed. But, uh, but no, Eevee's off street. Umbreon. Umbreon came in at five. So technically that's kind of Eevee to a degree. Yeah, but Eevee fucking evolves now into like, what, 10 different characters? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's getting Nine? out of control. Yeah. There's so many elements that Eevee spins off into. But uh, yeah, you know where we probably won't see Eevee this uh, this year? Where? That's GDC. Because oh, wow. everybody <laughs> is pulling out of the GDC. Uh, amid coronavirus fears and hysteria and global pandemics and all that stuff. Like it is mm-hmm. it is intense out there. And the GDC is obviously the, the game developers conference that is uh, run in California. Uh, everyone is 100%. pulling out. So Sony have pulled out now. Facebook, Microsoft, Epic, Blizzard Activision recently did as well. Mm -hmm. Unity have left uh, and then also Amazon. Uh, So I think GDC is going to get cancelled any day now. I think they're going to say we are just going to park this event for the year because it is going to be a ghost town because of uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus. It's no joke. No joke. And uh, none of these companies want to be flying their staff, uh, whether it be in country or out of country or even just across you know cities and state lines people do not want to be at airports right now because the risk of infection and spread is paramount and it is bonkers out there how how is it like because we're on obviously two different different ends of the earth right now Mm -hmm. is it is it hyped up and is it in the media a lot over there in the states like how how's the feeling over there only just now I'm really noticing uh, the build-up. I believe San Francisco was on a scare. Like, they've yeah. kind of got a scare. Um, I know where I'm based. I believe the mayor or the government <coughs> official just decided to, you know, establish a state of emergency just in case, so we're ready. Um, I mean, um, there's a lot of parents that are worried about their kids. Um, and, I mean, conventions... You, there's a reason why, you know, conventions are known for like, oh, went to a con and I got the PAX Plague or I got this, you know. Um, it's just like a, you know, absolute mess of people just like touching, breathing, smelling and everything like that. So it's pretty standard that, you know, if there's one place for a, a virus to kind of mingle amongst, it would be there. It makes you wonder though, like, because PAX, PAX is on right now, um, PAX East. Yep. She says... Yep. Um, and you know, it's got a pretty decent turnout from what I'm seeing. A lot of members is out, are out there. There's a lot of developers on display. So, I mean, I know there was a lot of kind of umming and ahhing on whether people were going to turn up, but the fact that Paxis is going on right now and then GDC is just having everyone pull out. I mean, who's left? Yeah. I don't know. A couple, a couple of indies and... I don't have the the sort of current run sheet of who's still exhibiting, but it's scary. Like I'd ask ask you, like if you had the opportunity to go to PAX East right now, would you go? Like if someone PAX said, East? "Here's a ticket, 
and and you know you've got to find your way there and maybe you can they you know include that so you, you can just be there would you would you go to oh, there yeah. or gdc still with how it yeah. is at the moment oh 100 yeah um i have a relatively good immune system granted when i first got here i had to get adjusted but my immune system's pretty decent and um i mean this um coronavirus it's like i think two percent more like has a fatality rate maybe than um the flu just the average flu so a lot of people that do get affected by this are more like the elderly and possibly like yeah. young children elderly kids and then like people with with sort of weaker lungs oh, so weak, smokers and yeah, things like that weak immune systems and such yeah so um yeah i i personally would have gone but like i th- think the underlining message here is more um these companies these big name companies and their concerns for their stuff which yeah. is fucking pretty interesting considering when you bring up unions they don't want to hear about anything mm-hmm. but um when it comes to this kind of health concern then you know it's they're, they're taking the right step they're you know they're putting their people first and they're trying to set a good example um what gdc does because they haven't officially announced yet as of recording Mm -hmm. if they're cancelling um you'd think at this point now they would do a statement they need to decide yeah like yeah and it's a shame because obviously it would have cost them a lot of money to run those events and and a lot of a lot of the exhibitors would be paying for for stand frontage and then pulling out you know it's it's a cost to them but with the way the world is at the moment where there is this global pandemic discussion regarding the coronavirus it's it's just not worth the risk like i'd love to go to those events but just everything we read and especially here in australia like it is it is forced down our throats daily regarding the coronavirus and because we are pretty close to to asia and you know china you know it's just sort of sitting above us there is this fear that once once it takes hold it's just going to run rampant like you know eighty thousand plus cases around the world at the moment over 2800 deaths uh, but there's an asterisk beside that because there's you know a lot of rumors that that China mm. are hiding a lot of those figures. Um, it's it's crazy. Like no deaths here in Australia, but uh, you know twenty plus cases so far, and it's just starting to take off. Like Italy is now the the, the secondary mecca of this disease of all really? places. Yeah, where they've That's got wild. like four hundred and fifty confirmed cases, and I think they're they're edging close to maybe twenty deaths already in Italy. So mm. um, it's starting to spread and. Um, it's no joke. It's it's really scary. And one of the other things is is there've, there's been warnings coming out about uh, anyone with beards is is a high <laughs> risk of, of capturing uh, or catching the coronavirus. That. So I'm like, God damn it, vanity is uh, yeah, the beard is hiding the roundness of my face. So uh, I'm I'm gonna keep pushing. I can't I can't lose s- the beard. I did notice something that this coronavirus, um, you know, has now forced men to shave the hair off their head. So no beard, maybe even no hair on top. Oh Don't God. you find it suspicious that something called a coronavirus makes you look like Vin Diesel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe old Vinny Diesel's <laughs> behind all this. This is a big marketing ploy for the next Fast movie. Can you think, like, the Fast trailers came out successful, everyone was hyped, and Corona's like, yes, here's another wave. And it's like, by the way, there's a virus named after you. It's like, oh, shit. And I'm so. pretty sure, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Tencent are one of the producers on the on the Fast movie these days, which is one of the largest companies in the world uh, out of China. So, um, oh. conspiracy theories. Oh. Vin Diesel the could be one of the hats. ones behind the coronavirus. <laughs> put on those tinfoil hats and just speaking about the coronavirus and um you know well 
GDC, but also like technology wise, it should be interesting to see like what this has as on like an effect on like technology coming out. Um, will this still be a concern once we hit E3 times? Um, you know, games. Yeah, I, I well. think we're going to see delays, delays on on mm. potential games. Maybe this is going to ripple through and even cause delays on the the Series X and the PlayStation Five consoles. Yeah. 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 It's but it's it's, it's scary. It's scary. It's, like I'm just waiting and watching to see what's gonna happen next and you know, pivot accordingly. But yeah, it's uh it's it's tense. Very tense. It's, it's, it's very tense. It's like yeah. you know, this is probably the things that we should be more concerned about in the world. Mm. Now I need to I need to sort of monitor what Vin Diesel gets up to more often now because uh <laughs> yeah, I got him in the crosshairs. Got him in the crosshairs. After last sure. week and now this week, it seems like I really do have this like vendetta against Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah. Would you call it a vendetta? Oh. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's shift into the the main course of the news and uh I've I've got the got this release that uh Phil Spencer obviously head of Xbox dropped this past week in regards to the Xbox Series X. I'm not going to read this thing word for word, but I'll, I'll read the opening statement and then just go through the hit points. But if you go to xbox.com or just search, you know, Phil Spencer Series X press release, you'll find it because it's a great read and there is a lot of cool data and numbers and just thought some bullet points thrown in here that I think is, is really impressive what Microsoft are doing. But uh, I'll, I'll hand it over to Phil Spencer here. The future of gaming has never been more inspiring. Creativity in games is flourishing. New services empower you to discover more games and bring you closer to the games and creators and streamers you love. The cloud creates a massive opportunity to stream console quality games and play with the people you want wherever you want. And for many of us, nothing is more inspiring than the dawn of a new console generation. We know you expect the next generation of consoles to set new standards in graphical power and processing speed converging together in games that look incredible and feel alive. This will be defined by worlds that are visually astounding and immediately immersive, with innovative leaps in CPU, GPU, and storage technology to give you frictionless access to new stories and new creators instantly. We've been using Xbox Series X in our internal take-home program and are energized by the feedback we've been receiving. At Xbox, we value being open and transparent with you, and I'm proud to be able to share details about some of the technologies we're enabling for the next generation and look forward to boldly sharing more as we head towards E3. Obviously, a big fat asterisk beside that now on the back of coronavirus <laughs> and everything. But uh, yeah, so so the first main, main bullet point, uh, a superior balance of power and speed speed and in essence that is tied around a next generation custom processor uh, which generates uh, 12 teraflops of gpu (laughs) which obviously graphics processing units so 12 teraflops of performance and that is twice that of the xbox one x and more than eight times the original xbox one Uh, the other sort of dot points under balance of power and speed variable rate shading which is vrs and it's a patented form of VRS empowers developers to more efficiently utilize the full power of the Xbox Series X rather than spending GPU cycles uniformly to every single pixel on the screen. They can prioritize individual effects on specific game characters or important environmental objects. Uh, This technique results in more stable frame rates and higher resolution with no impact on the final image quality. 
And then uh, the last bullet point under this subsection, hardware accelerated direct X ray tracing, which uh, you can expect more dynamic and realistic environments powered by hardware accelerated direct X ray tracing, a first for console gaming. This means true-to-life lighting, accurate reflections, and realistic acoustics in real time as you explore the game world. So what do you think about the balance and speed that they're, or the power and speed that they're trying to balance here with the Series X? Like, it is pretty flexy. I think the biggest thing to take out of that is it's twice as powerful as the Xbox One X and eight times more powerful than the original Xbox One. Like, that's a big leap. A big leap yeah. in graphical uh, fidelity with that big 12 teraflops. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we are living in a time where we are getting more and more impatient. And some of us who have the experience of, um, you know, having possibly a built PC for us, um, gaming wise, um, you know, the more power, the more like efficient, you know, the more productive you feel. Um, so power behind the new xbox is definitely important um especially when it comes to like loading and all that sort of stuff um it's the direct uh, ray tracing um just having that graphical element like um i mean this has been in the talks for quite some time and we've actually been quite exposed to what like kind of outcome we can come to expect but having that next level like graphical element with like either something as simple as the the true to life lighting and just like reflective like shine and shadow and all those like little elements I know there's times where you know when you're young and you see games that you played like when we were younger we were like man that was fucking realistic to us back Mm -hmm. then and then as like the consoles grow you know the expectation just gets higher and higher so like this new element um it's going to be incredible to see what they can do and just exactly like how like the graphical elements can just have an impact on like story gameplay experience and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, so. I, I can't wait. Like, I, I got to experience some of the ray tracing in in PC form with the uh, Nvidia RTX uh, graphical mm. cards with the 2070s and the 2080s, where they where they're supporting these types of uh, functionalities and technologies. And the the usage of light. Uh, I played Metro um, Metro Exodus uh, with the ray tracing on. Uh, in full display and my goodness it was just jaw-dropping just sort of seeing Mm -hmm. the way light interacts with the game and the way you move around the world like just a simple thing is like getting out a lighter and putting that on in a dimly lit air and just watching the flame bounce and dance with how your movement is and how it's sort of reflecting off the walls Mm -hmm. my god um, it's going to be next level and uh, it's a good step in the right direction that uh, superior balance of power and speed as Phil Spencer eloquently put it and then if we sort of move into the next section, uh, which is titled Immersion in an Instant, the next console generation will be defined by more playing and less waiting. And when play begins, we know many gamers demand ultra-low latency to be as immersed and precise as possible. To this end, the team analyzed every step between player and game, from controller to console to display, and asked how we could make it faster and how they're going to do that. SSD storage, obviously, SSD drives are are very quick. Uh, It's going to allow every aspect of a game to be improved. Game worlds are larger, more dynamic, and load in a flash. And fast travel is just that, fast. Quick resume, which I think is one of the coolest uh, sort of points in this whole whole discussion. Uh, The new quick resume feature lets you continue multiple uh, multiple games from a suspended state almost instantly, returning you to where you were and what you were doing without waiting through long loading screens. 
uh, dynamic latency input or DLI, uh, which is what they're trying to do to speed up the communication between Xbox and controller and then input and back and forth from there to give you more precision and more responsiveness. HDMI 2.1 innovation, actually partnered with the HDMI forum and TV manufacturers to enable the best gaming experience through features such as auto low latency mode and variable refresh rate. So uh, in a nutshell, this is going to just improve your experience on your television. The Xbox and the television are going to sort of sync and almost talk and have a handshake to put the best settings uh, on that television by default to uh, give you that best experience. Then the last bit under here, 120 frames per second support. So 120 FPS, uh, which is obviously exceeding the now standard of 60 frames per second uh, to give you more realism and uh, faster paced action. So what you got? What you think? Okay, so SSS, uh, SSS, SSD storage, the element that they kind of highlight there, and I think a lot of people, especially fans of like games like The Witcher, um, talking about vast lands and quicker load times, like, you know, having to deal with that like processing and turning time, especially when you're just traveling between takes or just like looking at a world map, you know, we all want those games that like create these big extensive worlds and obviously we are going to be expecting those games to come down the pipeline, not to mention being graphically incredible. So the fact that the SSD card storage is also going to, you know, help us have that experience, uh, big games, big stages, big levels, big worlds um, without um, tarnishing wait time, essentially. Yeah. Because, I mean, we, we love it, but, man, those, like, loading screens or those, like, you know, pending, you know, screens that you kind of have to sit through, Kind of, it hinders the experience yeah. a little bit. We are very so. impatient. We're impatient. We are as extremely as impatient. a whole. The world is a very impatient uh, society, and uh, things like SSD just just makes the world better. Faster boot times, less less waiting, going through a door, you know, load screen. Like you think of an Elder Scrolls game, you go into a building, load screen. You go into the dungeon, that building, load screen. So you can just be like, mm-hmm. just instance. Um, instant transitions and things like that. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to cut down. The game time where you are just sort of twiddling your thumbs, you know, the time where mm-hmm. in years past you check your phone while, while this thing loads and goes through its I mean, its render process. And it does a point on immersion, just overall game immersion. Like having a game where, you know, you're walking around a town, like you said, you walk through a door and then it's load screen. It's like, eh, like why can't I just walk through that door and then just like, you know, be straight into the tavern or the, you know the 100%. shop or whatever so um yeah it's just it's just a positive for gameplay in the future um yeah. i know quick resume like you you piped up on that one yeah that's great like um the fact that it's multiple games mm-hmm. like uh you know your xbox or your playstation you can put it into rest mode and jump into a game uh, when you boot it up in, in a f- fairly sort of quick turnaround time but being able to have multiple games where you are playing let's say a single player experience some some you know massive big rpg your friend messages, hey, jump on Fortnite, jump on COD with me. You can literally just pause what you're doing in, in RPG Game X, jump into that game with your friends, play on that, you're done, jump straight back seamlessly into that RPG without having to you know, close that that game over there, cease running of, of the shooter, boot up again that RPG and just jump back and forth. I think that is so good. So good. Oh, it's it's incredible. It's going to be interesting to see like exactly how smooth it is because having multiple like just being able to load load up instantly is going to be quite an ask of the um the actual console. Um, I also want to point out that the DLI um 
it's it's like I don't know. I was going to say it's a small thing, but that's this is coming from a person who is mostly mouse and keyboard mm-hmm. based. But I mean, it, people that have like played, especially first person shooter on console, especially with wireless products, the, the latency is noticeable, and um, just improving on that is a good nod. Hundred percent, yeah. Like if if you feel like you're more in control of your character, your actions in a game, you're going to get a better experience. So, oh, hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, DLI is a, is a great thing, and obviously, yeah, one twenty FPS supports big time as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so four K one twenty frames per second gaming. It's obviously the human eye. Real time is seen as twenty five frames per second in, in PAL or thirty frames per second NTSC is what roughly the human eye translates to to fluid movement but mm. obviously the more frames the clearer it's going to be especially in in those high high impact areas where you've got explosions going on here and lighting effects there you're going to get you're going to get less sort of tear and, and less juddering with the more frames yeah. you've got to play with so that's kind of cool to see and uh the fact that it gives developers that flexibility where they aren't sort of hamstrung to nope Constrain, 60 yeah. frames is your cap you can you can dial it up or dial it down accordingly and uh, the next piece, the next generation of game compatibility. The benefits of the next console generation extend in every direction, bringing greater visual fidelity and improved loading speeds to your existing gaming legacy. In addition to new games, we're continuing our commitment to compatibility with Xbox Series X and investing in technology that makes game ownership easier across generations. So four generations of gaming. So uh, we're talking backwards compatible Xbox 360 and original Xbox games. And they're going to look and play better than ever before on your Xbox Series X. And this uh, includes titles from Xbox Game Pass. Smart delivery. Uh, This is one of my other favorite points of this whole presser. So smart delivery uh, is technology empowers you to buy a game once. And you know that whether you are playing it on Xbox One or Xbox Series X, you are getting the right version of that game on whatever Xbox you're playing it on. So uh, they are mentioning Halo Infinite here. So you maybe buy that on the Xbox uh, One X when it first comes out, but then you upgrade later to an Xbox Series X, that game will follow you to that Xbox Series X. You don't have to buy multiple instances of that game on these console generations. And um, Mm. yeah, sort of weaving in a a tweet on the back of that. So uh, Xbox uh, released a tweet or sent out a tweet and the sort of headline was Xbox Series X brings the next generation of compatibility in bold letters. Uh, Smart delivery guarantees you're playing the best version of your game for Xbox. And then Cyberpunk came out and said, gamers should never be forced to purchase the same game twice or pay for upgrades. Owners of Cyberpunk 2077 for Xbox One will receive the Xbox Series X upgrade for free when available. So big flex there. Uh, Cyberpunk mm. coming in over the top or CD Projekt Red coming in over the top and sort of uh, you know just flexing over the other developers saying, mate, we're, we're taking the first shot here and saying, you buy our game today, you don't have to buy it again tomorrow when the next version comes out or the improved version comes out. What are you guys mm. doing, Activision? What are you guys doing, EA? What are you guys doing, Publisher XY? So let's uh, see what happens on the back of that. But Should yeah, big shot across the bow by Cyberpunk and Microsoft in that regard. And then obviously they're doubling down on things like Game Pass, which is going to be fully supported on the Series X. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm keen. I'm so keen. This is a great message mm. overall from from Phil and the Xbox team. Got me very excited to see what they do at E3 because I think this is all about the hardware and come E3, it's going to be, here's our 15 studios. Here's all the new games that are coming out on the Series X. Get excited for the end of the year. Wham, bam, thank mm. you, ma'am. What do you reckon? <laughs> 
<laughs> I especially this little section here about um like gaming and gaming accessibility compatibility and all that sort of stuff do you reckon that's Xbox kind of going back and remember when they released Xbox one and it was like it was like if you own the game you can't like you know you can't trade it in or you can't let your friend use it like it's strictly yeah. stuck to your console so this is kind of them like not even doubling down like tripling down um on making sure that everyone you know you know gaming wise is you're not going to be ripped off <laughs> yeah they've really they've really sort of committed to that message about sense of community and sense of just looking after this generation of players from from yesteryear and even now where all this backwards mm. compatibility uh being able to use um controllers from say an xbox one to the series x just all these little little bits and pieces where they're they're thinking about the players and this ecosystem yes mm -hmm. sony have been the kings of first party exclusives for, for many 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 moons and maybe we'll see a bit of a, a power shift in that uh with these new 15 studios uh with the games they're working on at microsoft mm -hmm. but they're just very much focusing on the players you know what what are the core values faster load times better graphics shared ecosystems being able to play the games you bought uh you know years ago you don't have to buy them again things like that like they're, they're very much it's a very pro-consumer message and they're, they're sort of doubled down on that and doubled down on just making this this a, a generation or a hub for for gamers whether they be you know hardcore gamers casual gamers people that are looking for those experiences when they were younger or they just want a, an ecosystem that's going to support you uh, from now into the future. They're, they're saying all the right words. Like it's a very pro-consumer oh, yeah. message, that's for sure. Yeah. And look, I'm going to give them full credit. I personally don't know how much of an effect this honestly does have on the market, but the fact that Xbox has constantly being at the forefront, just putting out there, like, this is what our console is. This is what it looks like. This is what you can expect. This is like, like they've been pretty open and just out there and PlayStation's kind of just always been a few steps behind. I mm. don't know if that's a strategic thing. I don't know if that's like actually something smart, but the fact that, you know, Xbox is taking... Xbox um, is taking the first few steps forward and just like laying it all out there to the consumers. I don't know. It's a bit, it seems a bit ballsy and um, I appreciate it. I, I feel like we've gotten the more, like the most information from Microsoft. PlayStation has been a bit, mm. so um, I just appreciate this. I just, you know, just being all out there, putting it out on display, listening to consumers, as you said, um, and just like being very aware on the uh, gaming ecosystem. So yeah. yeah, like like it's very bold, and mm. I like that. Th there is obviously some some tech speak here, and some things that probably do get lost on on a lot of gamers as far as technologies and terminologies and things. But the overall mm. message you get out of this is it's you know really strong, twice as powerful as the One X, eight times as powerful as the original Xbox One, higher frame rates, better graphics, great ecosystem. The SSD is going to be fantastic. Your quick resume. Uh, your smart delivery, all these things, it's all very pro-consumer and they're positioning Xbox as an accessible system for, for everybody. Uh, but as at the same time, because Sony have been pretty quiet, it gives them time to shape their their message to the market and, and how they want to position the PlayStation 5 or it gives them time to potentially pivot and try and bring in some of these great features and, and terminologies mm. and technologies that Xbox are talking about to say, hey, we've got this too, or, you know, instead of smart delivery, it's genius delivery or whatever, you know, cliche <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Where Sony have got some time to 
to put all these ideas in a melting pot and, and get the the perfect Sony message to market that can almost be a counterpunch to this. And 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 you know they'll be doing that. Their marketing team is very smart and they want to position the PlayStation Five as as the premier console for the next gen. But mm-hmm. it's cool to see. It's cool to see. Mm. Can't wait. I mean, choice choices, you know, is always great for the environment. Um, but I, I just, you know, I hope that based on everything Microsoft has been doing with this console announcement, um, I just hope that their release is good. I mean, Xbox hasn't been necessarily, you know, lucky on console releases. You know, rest in peace, Red Ring of Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, like, I just, I want them to succeed because there seems like, and I know this is kind of like, yeah, right, but like, this seems like there's some kind of genuinely good nature and just, you know, looking after the gaming environment and gaming, like, you know, communities and just, you know, seeing what is out there and just kind of delivering something that's, yeah. you know. 100%. And, and it's going to be interesting because uh, I, I think predominantly players are more interested in the exclusives. Like, they, they want those big yeah. AAA games. So let's mm-hmm. see if all these positive messages and sort of focus points for Microsoft will translate to big sales uh, mm-hmm. come next gen. But yeah, they've also got some studios that are Xbox owned that or Microsoft owned that are building games specifically for these consoles. So uh, mm-hmm. we could see some pretty cool stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Uh, I guess if we're sort of moving to the back end of this episode now, no real new releases of note, I think. There's there's four games coming out in this upcoming week. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus on the PlayStation 4 out March the 3rd. Murder by Numbers on Switch and PC on March the 6th. Mm-hmm. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX comes out on the Switch on March the 6th. Mm-hmm. And Yes, Your Grace comes out on PC on March the 6th. So uh, mm-hmm. a couple of games there. Nothing really on my radar. Uh, I've got a copy of Two Point Hospital, so I'm going to be oh. reviewing that this week. And... Uh, yeah, giving my thoughts and feedback on uh, episode 185 of the podcast. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess we can move into our last segment of the podcast. And this tweet comes directly from the Kojima Productions Twitter handle. And it has uh, caused much stir and hysteria all over the internet. <laughs> uh, and the tweet read, Sorry to be silent, everyone! Exclamation point. I've been really busy lately. Dot, 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 dot. I think I can say more soon about what we are going to dot, 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 hashtag Kojima Productions. So uh, <laughs> this was also accompanied by a, uh, you know, a graphic of, of one of their uh, head of communications, Ike Saito, mm-hmm. uh, posted a picture mm-hmm. of himself uh, to jokingly prove that he still worked at the company. And uh, he was holding a pen, uh, a pencil, I should say, that had pyramid written on it. Obviously, the word silent in the tweet and um yeah the internet is starting to uh get conspiracy theorists <laughs> all over the place uh we're getting a silent hill offshoot are they working with konami because obviously konami are the owners of the silent hill franchise itself what's happening what do you think is going on here we get more I silent hill know. i don't know um it could be just a pr stunt um the, the post-it note says next week yeah um so um people are like well it's if you know whatever it is it's going to be announced next week so um i i do i honestly do want it to be silent hill like i don't care if the people that are you know coming up with these conspiracies with their tinfoil hats like seem to be reaching but 
I just, I, everyone wants a new Silent Hill. We, you know, we got a taste of like PT and everyone liked it. It was great. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, as I said at the start of the episode, it really set a standard. Um, so I want it to be true. I, I want it to be Silent Hill. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully the, the whole next week, uh, on the notepad actually does relay to some, some firm information next week, but, um, yeah, Twitter user aesthetic gamer who has been, uh, known for reliably leaking, uh, information on upcoming titles uh he mm-hmm. has uh or he or she has mentioned uh in in a tweet and some back and forth that konami uh, about two years ago reached out to various developers to pitch ideas for two silent hill games one a soft reboot of the franchise and the other an episodic telltale slash until dawn style game to go alongside the reboot uh, i don't know anything uh. more than that though but i sure do hope konami's given it to the appropriate budget are given it the appropriate budget and found the right developer to make those games succeed. So maybe, mm. maybe they've mended the bridge, uh, Hideo and uh, Konami. Maybe they've sort of uh, broke bread and become friends again and sort of said, we are sorry for how we treated you. Uh, obviously, PT was scrapped. Norman Reedus was the star of PT, the, the Silent Hills uh, offshoot that then became the star of Death Stranding. Maybe mm-hmm. they're all friends again. And uh, yeah, Konami and Kojima make a more Silent Hill. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you kind of come back from kind of this childlike, I don't know, like just the behaviors that kind of went about during that split. Um, I mean, it it works out because um, Konami can, you know, keep going to, you know, what is it, mobile gaming and like Pachinko? Yeah, Pachinko machines. Um, And then, you know, that they have the licensing to a very popular franchise. they didn't like the money spending that Kojima kind of went through. So Kojima's got his own studio. He's got his own place. He's got his own shit together there. So maybe there's like some agreement. They're like, well, we can make this game with you because you can take care of your budgeting and get affected by that. But we can give you the license for the thing and get some revenue from that. Yeah. I'm excited. Like like Hideo um, has talked about wanting to do more horror. He's also talked about wanting to get into film maybe maybe well, yeah. maybe they're going to do a new silent hills silent hill movie or a netflix series or something i don't know like it's the tweet but gives nothing way, away next week it, obviously the pyramid pencil uh silence in that tweet so uh let's see what hideo and um Ike Saito and his team have been up to here it's gonna be a bait and switch you yeah. watch you gotta love a good internet troll so um uh, <laughs> will we get Silent Hill announcement next week? Will we get something? Will we get nothing? We will find out, but uh, it's always good to theorize. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, this has been episode 184 of the Hungry Games podcast. Uh, is there anything you wanted to say or add before we close this down for another week, Miss Hart? Uh, yeah, just give a shout out to um, big supporter of uh, the Hungry Gamers and 8-Bit in general, uh, user Tillhouse. Um, went out there and, you know, did something very hard that's, you know, difficult we've all been through it like between us and in the 8-bit nation as well of you know starting a podcast so one shout out to can't game podcast um and uh his co-host there uh invader jim as well so check it out give it a listen it's always uh good to support you know people within the community um and you know shout out to the guys it's a big thing to you know start up a podcast there's a lot of like trial and error there's a lot of you know back and forth so um good luck to the guys and you know 
support Aussie community gaming podcasts. Hell yeah. Culture. Hell yeah. So yeah, they've just released their second episode, I think this past Friday or Thursday. There's a couple of episodes there to get into your ears. Uh, really good flow. You can see these guys have been mates for a while. They've got a good dynamic and a good understanding. And uh, the audio quality is, is top notch too, which is something you can't always say for, for no. newly launched podcasts. <laughs> so they've taken the time to get their audio right, their content right. Good organic discussion, good back and forth, and um, some good laughs in there. So, yeah, check out the Can't Game yeah. podcast. Be sure to obviously rate, review, subscribe them on all the podcast hosting platforms and uh, do that to all the other podcasts in the hashtag 8 Collective as well because it means an awful lot to us. helps keep those motion lights on in our hearts. But, yeah, I have been Brendan. This has been Ali. You can find Ali at Miss Ali Hart. Find me at Brendan8Bit. Find us all as a collective at We Are 8 Bit. But until next week, Apri Nation, when we're back for episode 185 of the Hungry Games podcast, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry.